Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that he will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Today I want to talk to you. Um, uh, I'm going to continue with this uh, little series here as the Lord leads called All In. All In. Uh, last week uh, I had a chance to talk to you about being all in. That we'll be all in on trying to get people to Jesus. That's the mission of the church is to get people to Jesus. Because he's the only hope that people have. And that we need to do everything that we can to get people to Jesus. Whatever the cost is, whatever it takes, we got to get them to Jesus. But before you can get somebody to Jesus, the question is, are you all in with Jesus? Are you all in? Because I mentioned this last Sunday, you're either all in or you're all out. Which one of you this morning? Are you all in with Jesus? Are you saved or are you all out with Jesus and you're lost? I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice today is all in with Jesus Christ. That you're faithfully uh, trusting in Him and serving Him. We learned a valuable lesson last week on being all in with Jesus and trying to get other people to Him. We learned a lesson from the four men who grabbed the corner of the mat of the paralytic man. Remember, he couldn't get to Jesus and these four men come along and they went all in. They were all in in unity. They were all in because they were concerned. They were all in with compassion. They were all in and committed that no matter what it was going to take, they were going to get that man to Jesus so his life could be changed. And we know that burden that they were carrying in their life Turned out to be a blessing later on after Jesus healed the man. And we praise God that the Lord still transformed lives today. Aren't you grateful today that he's transformed your life? Why don't you clap your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. And last week we uh, placed in the bulletins here. And I don't know if you were here or not last week or if you missed getting one. But if you, when you leave today... We had the prayer cards uh, inside the bulletins, and we have them at the doors today and at the information table where you could list those names of people that you want to see get to Jesus, either through prayer or how you can come alongside of them and love them to the Lord. But you would take and put your name on there and those five names and put it in your Bible where you can consistently uh, pray for them and believe God to deliver them. And those cards are still available today. And please, I encourage you, please, uh, pick one up so you can be praying for those people that God has placed on your heart. There is power in prayer, friend. And I guarantee you, we could give testimony after testimony of people that could stand up here today and say, you know what, it was because of a mama that was praying for me or a daddy that was praying for me or a grandma that was praying for me or a friend that prayed for me. And that's why I'm here today. I know because God heard their prayers. So, friend, don't give up. You keep praying for those you love. So today I want to talk to you about being all in with glorious giving. Being all in with glorious giving. Now, you be patient with me today. And it seems like the last couple times I've preached, I've had to ask for mercy and grace. But that's all right. I'm going to still preach the truth of God's Word. 
And today I want to talk to you about glorious giving. In the Bible itself, the Bible is a book about giving. The Christian life is a life that should be a life that is about giving. We're, we're never more like God when we're giving. Can I get an amen? And Jesus said these words. He says, it's more blessed to give than receive. Jesus said those words. Not Pastor Jeff, not the doctrine of the church. Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give your time and your talents and your treasures. And and I know this morning, it can be a little uncomfortable when you bring up the conversation about giving. Because we don't like anybody Uh, telling us what to do with our schedules. We don't like anybody telling us what to do with our gifts. We don't like anybody surely telling us what to do with our money. But my boys tell me what to do with my money all the time. I wanted to say, do I look like a 24-hour ATM machine? But sometimes it can be uncomfortable. But Jesus, if you read the Word of God, you'll know that He had plenty to say about giving your time, your talents, and your treasures. And how many of you want to be doers of the word? I know I do. So I want to share with you a couple of passages this morning and just uh, pull out some principles that we can apply to our life that we can be all in and be glorious givers. The first passage I'm going to share too with you today is 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. Now I want to kind of set it up before I read it to you. Paul is talking to some believers at a church called Corinth. And he's talking to these believers and he's telling them, listen, there's some believers over in Macedonia and they're as poor as they can be. They have gone through some of the greatest adversities of their life, but they heard about the Jews that are now believers in Jerusalem and they wanted to take up an offering to be able to give to these folks here to be able to bless them and help them as they go through their needs. And he says, now, if the Macedonians can give like that, you should be willing to give as well. So Paul says these words here. He's talking to these believers. He says, just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. Some Bibles say, uh, excel in generosity. Paul was saying to these believers, listen, if you're going to go all in, you got to go all in with your giving. And here's what I want you to do. Write these chapters down. Chapter 8 of uh, 2 Corinthians, chapter 8 and chapter 9. I don't have time to read them, but I want you to read them this week. Chapter 8 and chapter 9. And you'll see where the Bible says, if you will sow generosity, you will reap generosity. How many of y'all have ever experienced that in your life before? If you sow generosity, you will reap generosity. And Paul was telling them they need to excel in their generosity. And because of that, they'll be uh, doing three things I'm going to share with you in a minute. And here's the second verse I want to share with you. And this is found in gospel, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12. Write it down so you can go back later and read it. Uh, verse, uh, excuse me, uh, chapter 12, verse 41 through 44. It says that Jesus sat down. Listen, he had been teaching all day long. He had been out there preaching. The sun was baking on him there. He was weary. He was tired. And it says that he went and found him a place to sit down. Well, he sat down inside the temple. He came into the church and he got right there at the church where the offering plates are, where people would come in and bring an offering to the Lord there at the temple. And he sat right there and he watched people as they gave. Now, wouldn't you love that when we take up the offering? 
We'll try that next Sunday and see how it goes. I told somebody the other day, I went to camp meeting one night, and they took up an offering. This is no joke. I was on one pew there, and the bucket came by three times. I'm like, how did that happen? <laughs> Reckon they didn't get enough. I don't know. But it says this, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were being put, were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Jesus called his disciples over there and he said to them, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. And they all gave out of their wealth, but she, the widow, out of her poverty, put in everything, he said. She put in everything. In other words, she's all in. And she gave everything that she had to live on. She gave every single thing that she had to live on. And those are the two verses I want to just talk about today. I want to back up real quick to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And let you know that in this passage here, that Paul was reminding us why we should be all in with our giving of our time, talents, and treasures. He reminds us that we should be all in with our giving first and foremost is that Jesus Christ went all when He gave His life on the cross. We, we should be all in, Paul says. You should be an all in, glorious giver, first of all, because Jesus gave all. He's the one that sacrificed His life on the cross at Calvary. He says that Jesus was rich but he became poor so that we could become rich. And that just means that he left the glory of the riches of heaven and he came down to the earth and he walked this earth and then he went to the cross and gave his life. And now because I got saved, I have the riches of Christ in me. Aren't you grateful today that Jesus died on the cross for you? The Bible says in Galatians, Paul says this, that Jesus gave himself. He gave. Say gave. gave. He gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age is what Paul said. And he's telling these folks here, you need to go all in uh, to be a glorious giver. And the only way that you can go all in is to first make sure, this is what Paul's saying, before you can give anything, make sure you give yourself to Jesus Christ. Make sure you give yourself to Jesus Christ. We gave all for you. We give ourselves to Jesus because he gave all for us. Let me ask you again this morning. Let me ask you, are you all in with Jesus Christ this morning? Are you walking uh, with faith in Jesus today? You've trusted him to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And you know you're saved and on your way to heaven. I pray that you know for sure, without a doubt, that you have Jesus in your heart and you know you're on your way to heaven. Let me just tell you this morning, if he's, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all in your life. And he needs to be Lord of all. And that means that you go all in by giving your life to Jesus. Let me tell you what a life all in looks like. Paul said this, I've been crucified with Christ. It's I who no longer lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. The life that I now live, uh, I live by faith in the Son of God who what? Loved me and gave himself for me, friend. That's an all-in life. A life that's a, give, a, a glorious giver is a life that says, I'm giving everything to you, God. You're Lord of all over my life. I pray that he's Lord of all today over your life. It breaks my heart today. I want to tell you this. It breaks my heart today to see people doing what I did for so many years, pursuing after the things of the world, hoping that that's going to satisfy their heart. Let me tell you something this morning, friend. 
There's nothing that you can pursue after. There's nothing you can chase in this world that's ever going to satisfy your heart. Jesus is the only one that can satisfy your heart. The Bible says this, what profit a man to gain the whole world yet lose his soul? Let me just encourage you this morning, don't don't waste your life. Don't don't waste your life pursuing after the things of the world, hoping they're going to satisfy you. Don't lose your life trying to pursue after things in this world that are going to leave you empty. Friend, Jesus is the only one that can satisfy your heart. Friend, I preached a many of funerals, a many of funerals, and I've never seen anybody pull up with a U-Haul truck with everything they own in it. It's not going to matter in the end. All that's going to matter is that I gave myself fully to God. That's what's going to matter in the end. And I'm going to start by being a glorious giver. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Let me tell you something. Listen to me. Yesterday at that outreach, we were in there praying in that tent. And, and this, this uh, elderly lady came through, this elderly black lady came through. And, and she came in there and I said, ma'am, I would really like to pray for you. And I said, what's your name? And she said, my name is Martha. And uh, I said, well, do you have anything specific you want to pray for? And she said, yeah. And she listed some things. And and right there in the middle of the park with everybody running around, uh, I grabbed her hands and we began to pray. She was probably in her late 70s at least, 80 maybe, uh, and grabbed her hands and began to pray. And, and she just talked about what a blessing it was. And she walked off and, and all of a sudden she came back to the tent and she said, Son, I need to tell you something. And she told me some things, and, but she began to share her testimony with me. Now, I'm talking about a lady that's close to her 80s at least. And she said, I want you to know something. She said, when I was a young girl between the age of 12 and 15 for those years, I was molested. She said, my whole life was rocked. She said, it's the worst thing that has ever happened to me in my life. And she said, from that time, I have dealt with that all my life. She said, I've been up and down the whole East Coast pursuing after things, hoping it was going to solve the pain in my life. And she said, I've tried this and I've tried that. And she said, nothing would ever make the pain go away. And she said one day a friend of hers invited her to come to church. And she said she went to church with her friend. And, and I started kind of smiling because of her testimony was a lot like mine. She said she remembered grabbing onto those pews. And she was just holding on tight as she could. And she heard this small voice come in her ear and her heart. And it said, Martha, you got to let go of that pew. you got to let go of that pew. And you got to let go of all that's ever happened to you. And you got to give it to me. And she said right there in that church service, she let go of the pew, throwed her hands up, and placed her faith in Christ. And she said when she did, Jesus healed her of it all right there on the spot. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. She said, Jesus is your only hope. She said, you got to let it go. you got to let it go so Jesus can heal you. And some of you this morning, you've showed up in here and you're carrying these burdens. You're carrying these issues in your life. The word of the Lord for you this morning is, is to let go. God is saying to you, let it go and give it to Him. Give it to Him. And it all starts first by giving yourself fully to the Lord. And He will heal it. He will heal it. You can't heal it. Nobody else. Only Jesus can heal it. Hallelujah. He can set you free. So the first step to being a glorious giver is give yourself to Jesus Christ. The second reason we should be willing to go all in with our time and our talents and treasures is so Paul, he said this, is so you can help meet the needs of other people. So you can help meet the needs of other people. There's believers in Jerusalem. They're, they're, they're weak and they're sick. 
He says that they're being persecuted and the food is being taken from them and those believers in Jerusalem are starving. And that's why we want to take up this, this giving today. That's why we want to take up this offering so we can get it to these brothers and sisters and help them so they will have what they need. And I want to tell you this morning, friend, there's people all over the world right now, Christians, your brothers and sisters in Christ that are all over the world that are hurting and that are in need this morning. There's people right here in this fellowship this morning. You, you, good night, man. I, you would be amazed at what some of the needs are in this church right now, what people are going through. But it's because of glorious givers we're able to come alongside of them and help them. I think sometimes we may take for granted just how blessed we are. We're very blessed people right here, and sometimes we take it for granted. Listen to me. Uh, my eyes were opened uh, when I went to camp meeting and heard Dr. Uh, Brian Cutshaw, and he was telling us about some of our brothers and sisters that worship in Vietnam. And he was telling this story right here, and, man, it rocked my world. He said that those believers over there in Vietnam, in some places, if they get caught worshiping Jesus, that you know those machines that you ride over the asphalt to smooth it out, that they would lay those believers out in front of those machines and run over them. Oh, we got it good over here. And he said that, he, that him and another guy were there in Vietnam, and one of them uh, had it arranged where he could go to one of the underground churches there. And he went into the service, and I, I can't even tell you how he got there. It was just amazing. But when he got into the service there uh, at the underground church in Vietnam, he went in, and, and Pastor Kevin and Sister Amy appreciate this. They were getting ready to start the, the uh, worship service there, and the worship leader comes up there in front of everybody, and they're like in this huge apartment with about 150 people in there, and they're all believers and they're getting ready to have church. And the worship leader's got these pieces of cardboard. And he's written the lyrics on the songs uh, on the cardboard. And he's going across the stage like this right here. And he's kind of putting some action to them. But guess what? They can't sing. They can't sing because if they make any noise and somebody hears them, that they'll come in there and they'll raid that place and kill those folks. So he's up there leading them in worship. And the people out there in the audience, guess how they're clapping to the song? They're clapping like this. And we can't even clap here for Jesus. They, they, don't you think they would give anything in the world if they could just put them hands together and make a, noise, a joyful noise to the Lord? But because of the, uh, of the persecution there and the need in their life, and check this out. Then it comes time for the preaching. And, and all of a sudden, this, this brother in the Lord pulls out a sheet of paper and, and somebody has tore out a page out of the Bible and it's out of the book of John and somebody has smuggled this sheet of paper out of the Bible into the service and there's some verses out of the book of John and they start passing it around because they can't read it out loud and they begin to read it to themselves and as they read it, some of them are falling off on the floor, some of them have got their hands thrown up, some of them go back to clapping again and he was like, oh my gosh, and all of a sudden... The building started shaking right there where that. He said, man, we're having an earthquake. And he said he went out there and opened the door to go outside, and it was just as calm and peaceful, but on the inside, that place was just as shaking. And that's the presence and the power of God. They couldn't make a noise, but God could. Dude, Paul's saying, take up this offering because there's people that are believers all over the world. They need Bibles. They need help to carry the gospel forward. So help us, Lord, to do what we can to meet those needs. 
And the third reason Paul said that we need to give to this offering, he says, and this is, to me is the main reason, is because God will be glorified through it all. Not, not that any church is going to get the praise, not that any denomination is going to get the praise, but God's going to get the glory for that offering. Hallelujah. The Bible says, do everything for the glory of God. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. You be a glorious giver, not because you want recognition. You be a glorious giver because you want to glorify God, because it's an act of worship. Y'all doing all right this morning? Y'all give me a little break here. We're going into the second half. So that's, that's why we give. we give. We give because Jesus has gave for us. We, we give because people are in need. And, and we give because most of all we want God to be glorified through it all. And then we go on to this next verse I read to you a while ago. Where this widow, she comes in and she's given this offering in front of Jesus. And it's a lesson on not why we should give, but how we should give. And let me tell you how we should give. It all begins with the heart. It all begins with the heart. Let me tell you something. When you look at this verse, Jesus is not looking at the hand gift. He's looking at the heart gift. Lord, help me. Stay focused. This widow had a giving heart. She had a very giving heart. I don't know if you've ever read the book Generosity Factor by Truett Cathy, but he gives this acrostic right here about how important your heart needs to be in your giving. And I put it on the screen here. First of all, the H means that when you give out of your heart, you need to first realize that God owns it all. You're not enriching God because He owns it all anyway. The Bible says that this, that you, O oh Lord, in your greatness and power and glory and majesty, for everything in heaven and earth is yours. You be exalted above it all, friend. Whatever you got, it came from God. So he owns it all. Your time, your talent, your treasure, you need to realize that everything that you have in your life right now, it came from God. And then the E is every day is an opportunity. You need to realize that every day that you go through life, that you're not trying to be successful, but you want to make a significance in life. You want to be a blessing to somebody. How can we make a difference in the lives of other people? And you can do that through being a glorious giver. Action is required. This, this, this widow, sooner or later, you got to put some legs to your prayers. you gotta, you got to put your faith to action. And faith without works is what? Dead. And sooner or later, you have to do like this widow, and you have to go, and you have to say, you know what? Because I trust you, God, because you've been faithful to me in the past, because I know you're going to put food on the table, you're going to keep the lights on for me, you're going to put clothes on my back, I'm going to step out in faith right now, and I'm going to give you everything I got. I'm going to, because you've been good to me. And then you need to remember your blessings. I said you need to remember your blessings. Don't, don't ever forget how good God's been to you. Don't ever forget the way that he's provided for you. And you can look back and the children of Israel can see how manna was provided in the wilderness and water was provided in the wilderness. Friends, sometimes when you, when you need to do a heart check, you need to remember how good God's been to you. Remember how good God, remember how he met you in that need. Remember how he helped you when you were weak. Remember how he delivered you. Remember how he provided for you when you didn't have nothing. And then you need to thank him. Praise the Lord. Somebody's happy about it. Hallelujah. You need to thank him. Give thanks to God. Now let me just get on my soapbox here just for a second. 
There's nothing that gets under my skin worse right now, I tell you, than somebody that's ungrateful. I mean, when you, when you do something for somebody, you know what? It don't hurt to say thank you. I appreciate that. Have a grateful heart and a heart of thanksgiving in your life. But most of all, especially to God, thank Him for all that He's done and praise Him for whatever He's done in your life. Give Him thanks. I teach my boys, you better be grateful and you better be thankful. You better tell people thank you when they've done something for you. And the boys that come in my yard, I teach them the same lesson too. Even when they go get my mama's food from her house, I tell them, you better tell me thank you. <laughs> we need to have a grateful heart. The Bible says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. And friend, if you can't be a glorious giver, I'm just telling you right now, you might need to do a heart check today. You might need to do a heart check. It says this woman, she went in all in because she had a heart that had been changed. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 21, For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Let me read that again. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So let me just tell you, where, here, here's what that verse is saying. Wherever I put my time, wherever I put my talents, wherever I put my treasure, that shows my priorities in life. If, if my time and my talent and my treasure go into my house, that's where my heart is. If my time, talent, treasure go into eating Krispy Kreme, that's where my stomach is. <laughs> if my time, talents, and treasures go into a hobby, that's where my heart is. The question is becomes, where do you want your heart to be? If, where do you want your heart to be then? That's where you need to put your time and your talent and your treasure. And every time you give back to God, all you're doing is drawing nearer and closer to Him. And that's what this widow did. She was drawing nearer to God because she was giving her time, talents, and treasures. And how did she give? I'm going to close here. She gave freely. She gave freely. They're at the temple and people are going all around and they're coming in and out of the temple. And nobody's, uh, nobody's forcing her to go in. She goes in there willingly with a sacrifice to give freely to that offering. Nobody, she's not trying to impress nobody. Do, do you know when, when they walk into the temple there, that where Jesus is sitting at, that uh, there's 13 uh, metal things, they look like trumpets, and they're all lined up in there uh, where Jesus is sitting at. And this woman comes in, and these metal trumpets that are kind of turned upside down are for you to drop your coins in. Now, I don't know that this is the case or not, but can you imagine a lot of them like we are today? You know, here comes uh, so-and-so walking down the aisle. Here he's coming toward the trumpet, the given trumpet uh, four. And we're going to listen today how long the noise lasts and how loud the noise is. And all those coins just, just rolling down into that trumpet. And here, well, let's, oh, my goodness, here she comes, man. Let's see what she's going to give today. And, and this money rolls, and here comes another fella. And then all of a sudden, they're all sitting around, and they see this poor widow coming through. And like, all right, let's don't play the game right now. Let's don't play it because it's not going to be that much, you know. And all of a sudden, the widow walks through and pink, pink. And then Jesus says, I want you fellas to come here. That woman there, she just gave more than anybody in this place because she gave everything that she had. She gave everything. She gave freely. She's not trying to impress anybody. I'm, nobody's prompting her. Nobody's pushing her. Let me tell you what I was praying, and this is how the Lord put it on my heart. I said, Lord, how do you want to preach this service? Because it's never easy to preach about giving. 
He says, I don't want you to put no video up there. You don't need no video playing, hoping it's going to grab the heartstrings of nobody. He says, I don't want you to stand up there and tell no funny joke to try to break the ice. He says, this is how I see it, and this is how I want you to see it. If they can't give because of what I've done for them on the cross at Calvary, there's nothing that nobody can say and do that's going to make them be a glorious giver. If you're here this morning, you're saved, you know the blood of Jesus has washed you away, and you know what it took for him to do that on that cross, that right there in itself should be the inspiration for you to give back to God. So God, help us today to give back. She gave with a cheerful heart, and she gave faithfully. She gave faithfully. Nothing could stop her from giving. She was all in. Not even her circumstances could stop her. She's a widow. She has no security. She has no hope. She drops in the coins, pink, pink. That's the last meal. There's no check coming. The food stamps have run out. There's no more help all around her. She has given everything that she's got. She has given faithfully, and nothing would stop her. And that's how we're to give, too. We're to give faithfully. We're to give faithfully, and we're to give regularly. And the way that we do that, the Bible says, God established it to the, through the tithe, through the tithe. We do that on Sunday mornings here when we take up the offering. It's a tithe and an offering. And the tithe just means this. I want to just take a minute to teach a little bit. The tithe means ten. And in the Bible, all throughout the Scriptures, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Word of God talks about the tithe. It's a tenth of your income. Jeff didn't say it. The denomination didn't say it. Uh, the council didn't say it. Jesus said it. It was talked about in the Old Testament. And Jesus actually affirmed the scribes in the New Testament and said, well, at least they give their tithe. So we should give our tithe as well. We're to give the first 10% of all that we earn back to God. It says here in Malachi 3.10, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out you a blessing until it overflows. Friend, some of you, I'm just telling you right now, you're probably missing out on some blessings from God because you're not tithing like you should tithe. And just for the record, my wife and I, we tithe. She tithes in this church, but because of my ordination, I have to tithe at the conference. But we are tithers, have been and will always be. I heard a guy say the other day that he wanted to be more than a tither. He wanted to be a, a tither that his largest bill in his house, if it was his mortgage, he was going to go higher now because he wanted the church to get the most. He wanted God to get the most. I heard the story of one man. He said he's a reverse tither. He lives off 10% and he gives 90%, which I know this guy and his 10% is a lot larger than all of <laughs> Rick Warren, who wrote The Purpose Driven Life. But let me just tell you something, friend. Listen to me. If you're giving less than 10%, then you're not tithing. If you're giving over 10%, then you're tithing and you're giving an offering. Here's an example. If you make $250 a week, you tithe $25. If you make $500, you give $50. If you make $1,000, you give $100, friend. There's something about tithing that God has asked us to do to bless the storehouse, which is the church. And tithing demonstrates to all of us the place in your heart. In Deuteronomy 14, 23, the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first place in your life. I can stand up here today and you can stand up and you can say all you want to. God is first in my life. God is first in my life. And my question would be, let me see your calendar and let me see the checkbook. I don't want to see it. God already sees it. 
But that will indicate if God is truly first in your life. So let me just tell you today, every follower of Jesus Christ, how many followers of Christ do we have in here? Lift your hand. Every follower of Christ should be tithing faithfully to their local church. That was weak right there. Good night. Every follower of Jesus Christ should be tithing to their local church. Faithfully. Praise the Lord. So we go all in with our tithing offering. We go all in so we can help serve the suffering and we can seek the lost. Did you know because of people giving tithe and offering here, we were able to buy air conditioners for elderly people in our community that didn't have an air conditioner through the heat? Did you know over this past winter when it was so cold, I can't tell you the number of heaters that we bought and delivered those to families right here in our community who had no heat, were serving the suffering. Did you know that through tithe and offering here that we help build homes for the Habitat for Humanity? Did you know through the giving here that we also help with the harvest train, those children down there at Falcon who don't have any parents who are living in that children's home, that we can help be a blessing to them? Did you know that we buy Bibles to give the kids in the school to the FCA? Do you know that we have backpacks here at this church that we provide meals to some of the kids that are at risk in the local schools that can have food on the weekends? We do Christmas for families who those families or the parents are out of work. Did you know through the Outlaw Foundation that we're able to give to help families that are dealing with cancer here in our own backyard, helping churches who have been storm, uh, damaged by storms? Did you know because of your giving, we're able to go into the local nursing home here and provide bags with hygiene items and things that, that will be a blessing to them? Did you know that we did five, uh, over 500 backpacks yesterday for kids that will have something to go back to school with full of supplies? Did you know through Heart and Soul Ministry, by putting that card together and praying over that card and putting that $5, $5 McDonald's card in there, you're feeding the homeless and the runaways right here in America? Friend, that's what it's all about, is put, put tithe and offering into the storehouse so we can go out and be a blessing for God. Hallelujah. And he'll get the glory. And he'll get the glory. We're going to be receiving an offering next Sunday. And I want you to be all in. Listen, there, there's some missionaries all across the world right now that are counting on this church right here and other churches. And, and, and I'm not talking about your tithe. We're going to take up an offering at the beginning of the service like we normally do next week. But at the very end, we're going to have some special guests with us. And we're going to receive an offering to be able to bless our missionaries. And this woman here in this story, she was a woman who willingly gave, she freely gave, she faithfully gave, and she fully gave. And I hope that you'll show up next Sunday and you'll be ready to present some kind of offering, an offering that will be pleasing to God, not trying to please anybody around you, but whatever God says to your heart. Do you know we had somebody come by this past week? And, and it, I know the amounts don't matter, but when God lays something on your heart, you just obey God. And we had somebody that made a tremendous, tremendous blessing to the missionaries already. So I want you to be back. Listen, be back next Sunday and come through those doors ready to give what God has laid on your heart in this offering so we can in turn send it out to our missionaries so they can continue to share the gospel and the good news and we can help meet those needs that they face. Are you all in with that missions offering? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Pastor Kevin, if you'll come. She gave everything she had. She gave everything she had, and that's what God did for us. God has freely given to us. He has faithfully given to us, and he has fully given to us his son, Jesus Christ. 
And I'm not going to stand up here and try to prompt you or push you because my thing is you just obey God. God wants you to be a glorious giver because of what he's done for you. And, and I want you just to obey God when it comes to giving. And that you would just pray about this thing about the tithe. Friend, listen, God has commanded us to tithe into the church. Not so we can go out there and buy a $54 million airplane. I know some of you probably don't like to hear that, but that really gets on my nerves. Not, not so anybody can drive around in Rolls Royces and have a 5,000 square foot house and all those things are nice and they're blessings, friend. But uh, look, I can promise you, I can assure you that in this church, they are good stewards over the money that comes in here to be sent out to be a blessing for God. So you speak to the Lord about your time, about your talents, and about your treasures. And think about what he's done for you. You know, as the pastor of this church, it's, it's a mandate on my life for the calling from God that I preach the full counsel of God's word. And I'll be honest with you, I don't really get a kick out of preaching about money. I, I, I'd love to stand up here all day and preach to you about how we need to get people to Jesus and how they can find hope in him, how he can deliver them. But I know there's a blessing to this. And if you will sow with generosity, you will reap with generosity. So you'll be an all-in glorious giver. But the main thing is I want to ask you this morning is do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Are you all-in with Jesus?